3: And
2: a good undefeated Wednesday morning birds fans appreciate you're up and at them early with us here on birds 365 I'm on the Jake YouTube channel go ahead how many people we got about 50 people already logged in go ahead. hit that like button right off the bat Eagles undefeated you heard that right undefeated undefeated
3: Wednesday- you you have been a man of your word Uh, you're not going to say, you're not going to skip undefeated. No, as long as they are. Why the hell would I
2: come out and lie? No, this is something you bask in. You, you honor on a daily basis. And hopefully it keeps going for a while and a while and a while and a while. while. We don't know how long that's going to last, but we know he got it all week this week. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have it all week next week. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town. They have not had a lot of success in Philadelphia be it at uh, the vet. Yeah. That's how weird one. is that, Jody?
3: That's they, just weird. I mean, they don't play here. Worth. Yeah. They don't, they don't play here very often. So I think the last time the Steelers won here was 1965 at Franklin Field. Franklin now, if you Field. think about it, Chuck Noel got there in 1969. So that became sort of the standard, you know, record Super Bowl championships. They've only had three coaches. All of them have won Super Bowls. Two of them are in the Hall of Fame. The other one's going to the Hall of Fame. But they can't win in Philadelphia. Now, it's only nine games. But still, it's weird because the Steelers have been successful for the vast majority of that time. Yeah.
2: It's very weird. The Jets have never won in Philadelphia either, but unfortunately... I can relate to the fact that the Jets aren't always all that good. They're not a standard bearer in the NFL like yeah. the Steelers are. So the fact that they haven't won in Philly, they play here in frequently enough to go, all right, well, not that many games, but they've won none. Well, the Steelers haven't won none in the last 50 years coming here to Philadelphia, which is kind of amazing into itself. Uh so and oh, by the way, they come in and they're struggling. Uh yeah. Nothing if they rolled in as a five and two team. No, they're rolling as a two and five team. Um, and right now they're they're going through some growing pains, and they're not playing well. Uh, the Eagles are undefeated, as someone just noted, um, and they are <laughs> ten and a 10-and-a-half point favorite, double-digit. Let me say this slowly. Mm. The Eagles are a double-digit favorite over the Pittsburgh Steelers in those nine straight games that they won. I don't think they've been double-digit favorites altogether too often. It looks like a mismatch on paper, Johnny Mack.
3: It is a mismatch on paper, and that's why they're a double-digit favorite. Look, Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin talked about it yesterday. You know, they're going to live through the growing pains with Kenny Pickett, and uh, there's going to be some growing pains, and we've already seen some of them, Uh, and we'll continue. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, especially without T.J. Watt, who's getting closer, uh, but he's not going to be back for this game. They haven't been the same defensively without T.J. Watt, who, if people don't know, is the reigning uh, defensive player of the year. So he's a big deal. Um, one of the best pass rushers in this league. They don't have him. Uh, they're not going to have him. So, yeah, on paper, this is, a, this is a mismatch. And then you start talking about the dreaded, which we've talked about. You know, the sign of a good team, Jody. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> one of the signs of a good team. When you, when you constantly talk about trap games, because they should win games, and you say, well, this is a trap, this is a trap, this is a trap. We've already said that a number of times for the Eagles. They're a good team, and they should be teams like Pittsburgh.
2: And they are a 10.5-point favorite, as we've already noted. And the reason why it kind of jumps out at me, hits me maybe harder than it should is, uh, because we're now six games into the uh, season, we, we we oftentimes forget exactly where we're coming from. At the end of last season, the Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers were basically in the same exact place. Um, as a matter of fact, the, you're splitting hairs here, but the Steelers were in a better place than the Eagles. Eagles finished 9-8. and eight. The Steelers finished 9-7-1 and one with that dreaded tie on their yeah. record last year. They were both the last team, last playoff spot to sneak in they both got beat in the first round of the playoffs and their season was over and done with. So you parallel the end of last season between these two teams say, all right, they're starting from basically the same place. The Steelers have one of the worst records in the National Football wow. League and it's the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the National Football League. I'd say the uh, Eagles and Howie Roseman have had the better offseason leading up to this point by, a, by just a little bit, wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
3: slightly. Anytime you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback – uh, in the off season, you're going to have issues, and I know Ben Roethlisberger wasn't playing like his Hall of Fame self at the end of his career, but there's a big difference, and and I mentioned this earlier this week. There's a big difference from a guy who knows how to play, who's seen everything, and yeah, he might be he might be doing it more on savvy. Uh, later in his career than anything else But hey, whatever it takes And they were a a competent team With Ben Roethlisberger And it's no surprise They're not a competent team without him I mean, it's no surprise <laughs> It's hard to do Unless you're in Green Bay uh, Which, you know, they're. I always say The most spoiled fan base in, in the country Philadelphia might give them a run Over the next two weeks We'll see how it shakes out But, um, you know They've had 35 years of consecutive Hall of Fame quarterback play. Generally, it doesn't happen. You might no. get one, and then you you start feeling how the other half lives. The Steelers, are, the Steelers have had their own great run in a different way, but they're feeling how the other half lives, at least for the short term.
2: So uh, the bye week is in our rearview mirror. Um, we've had fun to be able to just kind of ease off the throttle a little bit with the Phillies doing what they're doing here in Philadelphia. Uh, But the attention now goes back to the Eagles, and they will share it with the Phillies because they're going into the World Series. Uh, Steelers coming to town the next couple of weeks. Eagles are not only going to be favorite like they are this week, but maybe big favorites like they are this week, double-digit choice over the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. And Tuesday coming up is a day that will certainly grab the attention of uh, the football fans around the country because that's the uh, trade deadline. It's bigger than it used to be. Johnny Mac, you and I have both been doing this for a while. The NFL trade deadline used to be like on September 25th. It, it, you had to make a decision three weeks into the year. <laughs> All right, you would Do we, do we want to make a trade? You don't even know if you've got a good team or not yet. The NFL has wisely just moved it back another week, another week. Now it's into November, November 1st. So uh, it, it gives a little bit more of a chance for a buildup of some ec- extra conversation and extra scrutiny leading into the trade deadline. Howie Roseman's got a documented history of liking to make a move, liking to add a piece, liking to upgrade where he can we've been debating it for 10 days to two weeks now, but we're now within a week of something as per the deadline having to get done, how he got an itchy trigger finger right now.
3: Yeah, I think he always does. Um, He likes to move. He likes to, he likes to do things. He likes to, you know, one of the things you talk about the trade deadline, you know, the date has a lot to do with it as you're right. But um, also The new age general manager has a lot to do with it. The old school guys like, well, you can't, and we've talked about this in the past, you can't plug and play in football. It's not like baseball. It's not like basketball. So you can't do anything. So what's the point? The new, the, the more new school general manager, and I'd put Howie in that category, even though he's been around for a long time, he's more of a forward thinker, whatever term you want to use. More open-minded. He likes to do things. And Look, you know, you remember who they traded for last year at the trade deadline? Last be, year? Yeah. No, who they got? Terry Benson Jr.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah. You Rather know, forgettable, yes. I apologize for forgetting, no, but well, not really. I don't,
3: yeah, I was setting you up because I knew it wouldn't get. Nobody's going to get that, basically, Jody. Wasn't uh, trying to trip you up. You know, if you look at Jannard Avery back in 2019, those are his last two draft uh, deadline deals. Um, that's more likely the route you're going. Uh, everybody wants to go back to Jay Jahi. And even Jay Jahi wasn't a... You know, he was... he. It worked. It worked. Yeah. But it wasn't Brian Burns' splash. It was... All right, we need some help at running back. Let's see if JH's got what he's got. See if he fits in. It worked. Uh Golden Tate would probably be the bigger splash. He was actually a splashier acquisition. You know, he he made the play in the playoffs, ran the wrong route, as they always said, but made the play. But overall, he didn't fit in. Uh kind of redundant as a slot receiver. I remember I asked Howie Roseman at his post deadline trade uh, uh, presser. I asked him that question. Is there some kind of redundancy between golden Tate and Nelson Aguilar uh, at the time? And he said, no, golden can play outside. Well, he couldn't play outside. So you had two receivers who couldn't play outside and it didn't fit. Um, That's your last four trade deadline guys. So, you know, people out can expect the splash every year. It's certainly probably not gonna happen this year because they have a good team, people. I right. hate to break it to you. They have a really, really good team. And they don't need a splash. I with third safety, backup tight end, returner, special teams player. That's that's what I think is odds on favorite.
2: And Johnny, let me rain on the parade of those who are rooting for and think there's going to be a splash deal done between now and Tuesday. And one is a misnomer that I uh, can't believe that some people have taken into consideration. Number one, the Eagles are not chock full of draft capital here in this upcoming draft. Uh, they actually only have, even though they've got an extra one, which is huge. Do you really want to trade that Saints pick that you have? I would think not. It that chance to be really high.
3: Not right now, you don't. But, exactly.
2: You know. So uh they do have extra capital in the twenty twenty four draft, which is nice and you can offer, but a team might say, No, we're looking for something during this offseason. There's a reason why we're backing out of the competitive. Part of our schedule. We want to turn it around right away. That's the NFL. Nobody has a five year plan in the NFL anymore. So future draft picks don't carry as much weight as the the next upcoming draft. So that has been overstated. And the other one is the Eagles have the most cap room in the NFL at the end of this season going into uh, 2023. Yeah, they do. That's factually correct. But what you're skipping is the fact that you've got. How many starters who are free agents going into this season that you're going to want to bring back some, if not most, if not all of them. So that cap money is going to go pretty damn quickly and then turn around immediately thereafter. You got a quarterback who right now is the second choice in the MVP in the league. And he's playing for how much, Johnny Mac? A million um, and change this yeah, a year? Yeah,
3: million, a million and change, which is going to turn into <laughs> – What? what, what I, I would say Kyler Murray-like money at, at the bare minimum uh, if things stay at the status quo. Now you have a little bit of a cushion because you can extend him and, and still let him play out his his right. rookie deal give him the money up front, sort of how he's great at that kind of stuff. But as you mentioned, especially defense, but I mean, you know, add it up, you Fletcher Cox, J. Bon Hargrave, you know, what are you going to do with Brandon Graham? Um, James Bradbury, uh, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards, uh, Marcus Epps, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. It's basically the whole defense.
2: It's your starting unit on defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so uh, the, Oh, we got more cap capital. Well, the cap room's going to go like that. When now he has to try and get some of these guys back on contracts. No, oh, by the way, with their way, the way they're playing, uh, that's why you're six and zero. none of them are coming cheap. No, they're all, no. They're, they're, they're all going up from what they're making right now. Nobody's coming back for less just because they're ego. No, no, no. They're all going to hit the market. And they're all going to get paid and it's going to either be here in Philadelphia or it's going to be somewhere else. So, and uh, stay narrow-focused on the fact that they're 6-0. and We're in the moment. We're talking about this season. But when you've got the NFL trade deadline, we, yeah, these are things you have to take into consideration going forward. Uh, if they were to be able to go out and get a big-name guy who's making good money this year and has got more time left on his contract, yeah, that cap money is going to go like this. Okay, we'll bring in someone now, but that's just someone that is contributing to the team as we speak who might not be back because they're a free agent. That's why I'm with you, J. Mac. If Howie's going to do something, one of my favorite words is tinker. I think he may tinker. I think he may make a small move, a role player, something along those lines. Those who are thinking <clears throat> the missing piece, the Eagles are going to get the missing piece between now and Tuesday. No, they're not. Their pieces are in place. Yeah. You may get. What the is the little-
3: missing piece? I'll ask you, Jody. What
2: is the missing piece? Is there a missing piece? I honestly don't believe so, John. That it, it, Who are you going to get, who you're going to take, put in the starting lineup, just swap them in and swap somebody else out, and the difference is going to be so great to go, oh, my God, that elevates the Eagles so much. I don't think that player exists. And mainly, mainly it's because the Eagles are good. They don't need yeah. to move any of their start. There isn't a gaping hole in this Eagles starting lineup right now.
3: No, there isn't. So, you know, one is gone. One isn't going to go anywhere. But I'll throw the two names everybody talked about. Christian McCaffrey. Would he have made a difference? And Brian Burns. What kind of difference would he make if they made those splash moves? Because I know what I think, but I want to hear what you think.
2: You you and I talked about yesterday, yesterday. Um, and we disagreed on this a little bit. I think that this... The team is strong now. We're watching the Phillies do what they're doing. They're all uh, patting each other on the back saying, I do this for my teammate. I do this for my teammate. We do this as a unit. I believe it. They, they're selling it to me. Uh, they're, they're doing a real nice job of making me believe they are a uh, unit and they, they they all fight for the same cause and it's their teammates. I think Eagles are similar in that way. I think they've got good leadership in the coaches. I think they've got a good leader at quarterback. I think they got a good leader on the defense, even though, as John pointed out yesterday, they're using him judiciously. Brandon Graham is actually getting less snaps than I thought he was. I'm just judging by the production. I'm going, oh, wow, BG's playing well. No, he's playing well in less snaps. Less is more. And that's the coaching staff doing it again. I don't think that bringing in a guy like McCaffrey would have decimated the chemistry of this team. I think they're tight enough as a unit that they could do something like that if they deemed it necessary. I just don't deem it necessary. Would McCaffrey have made the offense better? Yeah, probably at a major cost of draft picks and, and cap room. Um, Brian Burns would scare me because one of the guys whose snaps would lessen even more would be BG. And I don't think you want to do that because he is one of those leaders on a team that you want to have everybody rowing in the same direction. Um, yeah, that that's the re- that's one of the big reasons why I wouldn't uh look to to add either of those two guys. McCaffrey would have been not been cost effective. And Burns isn't a good enough um player upgrade. that I say massive yeah. upgrade. And yeah, that's one where it would scare me a little bit as to how it would affect eagle chemistry.
3: Yeah, I, well, certainly from a chemistry standpoint, I think uh, McCaffrey would have fit in. My concern would be his impact. He's so good, you got to get him involved. <laughs> and that takes away – it's already working. Uh, like, why do you want to get somebody else involved when what you're doing is working? That's my concern with Christian McCaffrey. With Burns, yeah, we're on the same page. It's like, how much better could it be than what they have? I, For some reason, Eagles fans, not all Eagles fans – you know, they don't believe in Brandon Graham. They don't believe in Josh Wett. And I don't get it. You know, watch the games. They're effective
2: players. And the Eagles are uh, doing okay at putting quarterback on the pressure with their front four. Gannon has not changed. He picks and chooses when to blitz and where to blitz. He's never going to be an all-out blitz guy, for those of you who are holding your breath, hoping that's going to happen. It's not happening with Gannon. But they are getting enough sacks. They are getting enough pressures with their front four yeah, that's not a position that I think they need to uh, upgrade. One of the reasons why we're talking about it, other than the calendar says we should, uh, is that the trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday. Another thing we have to keep in mind, we just noted how many Eagle free agents there are at the end of this year. If they don't make a deal, if they don't get a contract done with a player, they could be leaving in free agency. That's where we get into the uh, comp- compensatory draft picks that could come back if the Eagles lose some guys. The best here in Philadelphia. I always go to his column. You got to come on uh, compensatory draft picks. I got to see what kempsky has got (laughs) to say. Jimmy Kempsky from Philly Voice uh, will be coming up next with us. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got your Mac and Mac birds, 365 guys.
5: Faces you know. The team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program. Action News. Go for the beers.
6: Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
2: through Wednesday. Eagles actually probably going to practice today. Full go. We'll see yeah, a little bit we'll later go. We shall find out. Uh, you got McMahon and McDonald here with you on Birds 365, and we've got the settling Jimmy Kemsky's He's trying yeah. to find us Trying to figure outside. out. Yeah. What, what are you doing outside, Kemsky? I was out for a run. I'm sitting on the curb outside Rite aid at Marlton.
3: All right. Nice. <laughs> Jody knows that well. Yes, not I right do. A.
2: Not far yeah. from the house. Yeah. We you appreciate board. it, I going have above
3: have and gone. beyond. I should,
2: I should have just gone to your house, Jody. Yeah, you could have stopped downstairs. <laughs> uh, we we might have to fool with the green screen a little bit, but uh, wouldn't be a problem. Um, That's JK. a green screen,
3: Jody. I thought you were in front of uh, Ocean.
2: Shh, don't tell anybody. I, I, Kemsky <laughs> actually could have come by the house uh, if he had to join me at Ocean. He wouldn't wouldn't have made it in time no, for his spot not. for Malton. All right, uh, Jimmy, back to work for the Philadelphia Eagles the bye week coming at the time that it did certainly helped Lane Johnson and don't underestimate how big that is to the Eagles, but all other things being considered good timing, bad timing, Eagles can't control it. You just have to deal with it. But did it work to their favor or to their uh, uh, potential downside? I mean, you can look at that one
7: of two ways. I mean, you have a team that has one guy on agent reserve and Derek Barnett and Otherwise, are like totally healthy. Like I yeah. don't expect to be there to be any surprises on the injury report, which will come out later today. So, um, on the one hand, it's good to get the offensive line healthy. Of course, everyone except Lane Johnson was on the injury report uh, heading into the Dallas game last Sunday night, um, and then Lane, of course, suffers the concussion uh, against the Cowboys. So it's good to get him an extra week uh, to get right for uh, you know the upcoming matchup against the Steelers. So uh from the offensive line perspective, yeah, the uh, bye came at a great time. For the rest of the team, yeah, they probably would have
3: Yeah, liked it away a, little a little bit later. later in the season. Yeah. 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 I think later is always better. I mean, yeah, and, and if, if you look at some of the teams that we expected to be good this season in the NFC, Jimmy, the Rams, obviously, Tampa sure. Bay, Green Bay. I think the one theme of all of those three teams, a lot of things have gone wrong, mm-hmm. but the one they all have in common is offensive line, banged up, lost guys, struggling to block people. Yeah. When you can't block people, it's tough to win in this league. So that is the Eagles' strength um, to get those guys as healthy as possible. I don't know if Jordan's going to be healthy all season. Um, you know, lane one week, you never know with concussions, but obviously it would be a difficult week expecting back now. Uh, it is good for the offensive line, but your your bigger picture take, I think, is the correct one. The later the better. They had a very late buy last year. That's better mm-hmm. to me than this than this early bye.
7: Yeah, and they have their Thursday night game uh the, the week after. Sort of Steelers. So we'll get yeah. they'll get a little mini buy with that. But again, that's pretty early too. So <laughs> like that's yeah. that's what, week nine, and then they gotta play eight straight games uh on eight straight weekends. Uh, from 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 there on out so yeah it'll be uh and you know for their perspective ideally they'll have the one seed wrapped up by the time week 18 rolls around and then they can rest starters and then they also get the first round by if they can continue to win games obviously uh and you know that's sort of maybe the the carrot uh that that they're that that's kind of being held in front of them uh but but for, but for now yeah i think that, that that last eight game stretch will will be taxing on them
2: Jimmy, uh, we know last week the players all had off spread to the corners of the world or wherever they were going for their week off. Not the coaches. The coaches were in self-evaluating, self-scouting all week long. I'd say you had pretty damn good grades during a 6-0 start. But if there was one or two things where you say they go back, double check all the film, and they go, all right, we got to be better in this, and here's how we go about doing that. What do you think the coaching staff could be looking to tinker with after doing all this self-evaluation?
7: I don't know how they fix it, but uh, special teams has been a a big concern throughout the first part of the season and and going forward. Um, They've had some big mistakes on special teams, but they haven't been hurt by them in terms of losing a game as a result. Uh, But that's my concern going forward the rest of the season. As for, you know, certain things that you can look at offensively or defensively, you can quibble about some small things here and there, but ultimately (laughs) the results are there. Like uh, Shane Sikin has done a great job uh, in terms of play calling. Uh, Nick Sirianni and his offensive staff have done a phenomenal job of game planning. I think their their plans going into most of these games have have been very good. And then Jonathan Gannon, who was, uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to say he was on the hot seat necessarily to begin the season, but certainly he was, facing scrutiny heading into the season. He's had a great year uh, with, with, with the way that uh, the defense has played so far. They're getting outstanding play out of the secondary. That, of course, doesn't hurt. Uh, they've gotten
3: – Oh, we lost Jimmy. You, you got him, Jody? Is that you just me? You still see his face, yeah. but we lost his We have audio. lost the audio. I did want to <laughs> quibble with uh, – there we go. Got you back, Jimmy. Oh, lo- back. Sorry about that. My,
7: my, girl, my girlfriend called me. That, that somehow uh, – That somehow disrupted
3: my audio. Yeah, always always disrupts. You mentioned special teams. I agree with you. But I do want to quibble about one other thing that I think is a legitimate concern. Legitimate, not much nitpicking. And that's tackling. Uh, They haven't been a good tackling team. Now, uh, it started in Detroit. It was really bad. Now, they improved from Detroit. Other than Washington, though, if you look at the numbers... I mean, they're the advanced numbers. They're one of the worst tackling teams in the NFL. Uh, Is that fixable or is that just sort of the way they're built? Because they have a lot of, you know, undersized players. Um, You know, you think about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson moving from corner to safety. Kaiser White, safety to linebacker. If you go back to his college days, Hassan Reddick's undersized. Mm -hmm. Is this just a poor tackling team. Slay's never been a
7: good tackler, really uh james bradbury is another one that i actually thought was a good tackler heading into the season but for as well as he for as awesome as he has played especially particularly in coverage he's kind of not been great as a tackler uh so yeah i think there's uh there's something to be said for for uh uh that being a concern you know heading down the back stretch of the season um i mean we'll see i mean they have a phenomenal tackler in, in tj edwards obviously yeah. And then Brandon Graham and Jordan Davis. Uh, Brandon Graham hasn't really gotten a a ton of playing time. He's made great use of the playing time he has gotten. I think we'll see Jordan Davis get more playing time as as the season uh, goes along. He's probably going to be playing. He's pretty much solely played in uh, odd man fronts so far this year as the nose. He'll probably get more opportunities in in, uh, even man fronts as as the season sort of uh, carries on here. They didn't trade up for him to play, you know, 20 snaps a game. (laughs) So, like. He's probably going to get more playing time. But, yeah, I think that's a valid concern that you bring up as well.
2: Jimmy, in addition to the trade talk of what the Eagles oh. are going to do here over the next six days before the deadline, uh, we can continually look at and speculate the Eagles with seven defensive starters right now. They're going to be free agents at the end of the year. How he has a track record of getting extensions done before guys get the free agency. Last year, huge with lotta and Goddard and Splatt. Yep. They got a whole bunch of guys that they could talk to during this off season. What do you think Howie is prioritizing? If any, maybe I'm just off, maybe I'm holding him to his track record. Do you think that Roseman is talking to agents to any of the impending Eagle free agents?
7: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, if you do get deals done with guys this time of year, you expect some kind of discount. And if I'm a player, I'm not ready to take it. Yeah. No
3: leverage, Jimmy, no leverage they, for
7: Howie. Exactly. I think the deals that they got done last year were like the Jordan Milata deal that they got done last year was phenomenal from a team perspective. Uh, Jordan, uh, the, the Josh sweat deal was fine. Uh, the Dallas Goddard deal. That is another fantastic team friendly deal that they got done with, with Dallas Goddard. Josh sweat deal was fine. The Bobby Maddox deal was fine. So you, you expect guys to take a little bit of a discount. Um, Basically, from a player perspective, you would sign a deal maybe a little a little bit of a discount on the on the theory that you know I could get hurt and tear an ACL and, and then I'm not worth as much during of the off season. So that's the, that's sort of the, the balance that you have to feel out if you're a player. I look at like the linebacker and the safety positions where both starting linebackers T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White are scheduled to become free agents next off season. Johnson Gardner Johnson, Marcus Epps, also both scheduled to be. Uh, free agents next off season. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with, if they can get anything done with either one of those guys at either position. Um, Isaac Sayamalo is another guy that, that I think makes some sense, although he's starting to get up there in age a little bit. And he's, he's played, and well. Isaac's played well. He, yeah. Though. yeah, sure. For sure. Um, and then Miles Sanders, of course is, is sort of the high profile player that uh, a lot of people are interested to see what happens with him. So yeah, they have a lot of players, Uh, that that are going to be free agents that that I think they'd like to keep they have others that are almost certainly going to leave like Andre Dillard and Gardner Minshew Um, but yeah it's it's uh, it's it's an offseason where they'll have more guys hitting free agent free agency than than they have in recent years probably not since like 2018 I think they had a lot of guys that that they weren't going to be able to bring back and I think that's probably the case next year as well they do have a lot of draft picks to sort of refill the pipeline with young players if they do, you know, lose guys in free agency. But uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, fans are, are going to have to prepare themselves that, that some of these guys that are contributors are probably not going to be on the team next year.
3: All right. Let's talk trade deadline. We got to get that uh, in, in the mix, Jimmy. I, I know you'll know, because um, I threw it out to Jody. Nobody knows, but I know you'll know who, who the Eagles picked up at the trade <laughs> deadline last year. Yes. Uh, the, the, the great Carry Vincent jr. Typically, right. um, you know, if you look at how he's his history, everybody goes back to Jay Ajayi, but since Jay Ajayi, who, by the way, wasn't a splash, yeah, you know, he was a yeah, well-known no player, but he wasn't yeah. a splash. Golden tape was more of a splash that didn't work out. Although he made right. the catch in Chicago. Uh, then you had Kerry uh, Benson. Who am I missing? Somebody in between. They uh, Flacco, Chenardi. Oh, I mean, yeah, th- yeah.
7: So, so here, I'll give you the whole history. Twenty twenty one was Kerry uh, Benson. By the way, he's not on the roster at all. Not even no. on practice squad no. anymore. <laughs> uh, they traded Joe Flacco for a pick. They traded Ertz uh, for a pick. Yeah, about a week. At, at the end. trade and deadline. And Tay Gowan,
3: Remember before. the Tay Gowan hype. I still that's remember, right. <laughs> you, remember the, you were there for the introductory take out and press conference. You remember that when yeah. they brought him I'm out tied. to us yeah. In the COVID time and nobody knew who he was all <laughs> looking at each other. Yeah, that's right.
7: Yeah. Uh, so 2020 was, uh, nobody 2019 was Genard Avery 2018, Golden Tate and 2017 was JHI and then nobody also in
3: 2016. Yeah. So, uh, you know everybody wants the splash and (laughs) yeah we've already heard about you know christian mccaffrey i call it a non-offer offer -offer. third round pick when he's getting four picks i mean come on uh how he just wants to keep his eye on sort of the market and everybody wants brian burns brian burns here's my question to you jimmy and caroline's not trading brian burns but um why do people think the Eagles have to make a splash? They're six and oh, they're the only undefeated team. They have a top five offense, a top five defense. Uh, there's something to chemistry, isn't there? Greed is good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, I I right.
7: it's, it's, it's a little bit of greed, and I think that's okay. Like, if you, if you can add a player that can help you, so I think there are certain areas where they could use help. I'm with you that I don't think Carolina's going to be trading, uh, uh brian burns but there are some defensive ends out there that could maybe help you if um i mean you don't have to make a big splash there like i think a guy like rasheem green in, uh, yeah, in houston makes sense yeah. a guy like Dinico autry if uh the colts are going to be selling now after they just bench matt ryan a guy like uh, jerry hughes again from from houston that guy makes sense and you have brandon graham and you have josh sweat as your you know, true defensive ends. I wouldn't put Sam Redick in that category, but those are your true defensive ends. You're fine there for now, but if one of those guys goes down, then you're potentially in some trouble there. So just adding a guy for depth purposes, because remember they signed Derek Barnett with the intent of him yeah. playing a, a fair amount of snaps this season, and he goes down. So you have to replace at least what you had in mind for him. And then I think it's safety is the other
3: Trub- potential. Yeah, that's the big spot. that's the big one for me <laughs> yes. because we saw we got a taste of it 16 yeah. plays without <laughs> Chauncey Gardner-Johnson it was not good uh with Kayvon Wallace in there so you brought up an interesting one which I, I said why not bring Rodney back? Why not bring yeah. Rodney back? And then I got to thinking why the heck didn't this team just keep Anthony Harris? Just keep him
7: by the way, now or was he where, Denver? Where, where, practice squad. is he practice squad? Okay, so yeah. they could, in theory, coax him back if they yeah. really wanted to, I guess. Uh, but yeah, cer- certainly Kayvon Wallace showed that you know, maybe not so trustworthy should Epps or CJ GJ go down,
2: yeah. yeah. And that's that that is a little scary. That's one where I'm completely on board with John. Backup safety should be the number one priority. For the eagles during this lead up to the trade deadline want to get your take on uh something i i just saw this morning jay glazer from fox i think he's one of the best nfl insiders information guys tied in guys when asked about the eagles leading up to the trade deadline said maybe a running back if i see the eagles doing anything he was kind of like us it was six no six no you're you're not uh, overly motivated to do anything but he said right. if anything maybe a running back I'm good with the Eagles at running back. If anything, I'd like to see a little bit more Trey Sermon just to see if he fits and could be a guy going forward with this team. You think the Eagles going to be in the market for running back? McCaffrey got moved. The Eagles weren't getting into that kind of bidding. Any other running back you say, oh, yeah, if the Eagles could add him, that would upgrade the roster.
7: Yeah, so the guy that I would look at there is uh, David Montgomery from from the Bears, who kind of gives you the same tower element that, you got from jordan howard the last few years for example um he's a guy that doesn't have a great yards per carry average over his career i think it's only like 3.9 of course playing behind a terrible bears offensive line Mm -hmm. you wonder if the bears are sellers at this point i think they had they lost was it monday night to the patriots then certainly they'd be selling uh and you know, the other guy in Chicago would be Robert Quinn that a lot of people have talked about potentially getting moved. If they lose on Sunday, then, you know, maybe they're convinced to, to sell off some players. But he's in the final year of his deal, David Montgomery. And, um, yeah, I think he kind of gives you that same element that, that uh, Jordan Howard gave the Eagles when the Eagles traded for him. Basically at the same point in their respective careers, they gave up a six that could become a five if he hits certain benchmarks, if I recall correctly. So if the yeah. cost is something along those lines... Why not? Yeah. You know, why not? Why not a guy and like you
3: that? saw what James Robinson got. It was a conditional sixth. Um, right. So I don't think it would cost a ton. I'm not sure if Chicago, it's interesting. That's where the Eagles got Jordan Howard as well. So yep. um, uh, maybe that could be revisited. When, when I talk about running back, here's my question for you, Jimmy. I, I get this feeling, and I want to see if you get this feeling. I think the coaching staff likes Miles Sanders. I think they like him. You hear Nick Sirianni, Miles is our guy, smack the table. Um, I don't think the front office likes Miles as much as as the coaching staff. Do you get that same feeling? Yeah, I think that –
7: I remember after he got drafted, he was the guy that they went out of their way to say, everyone in the building loved this guy. Like every different – Yeah sort of like nook and cranny of the building from the front office to uh, the scouting department, to the coaches, to the analytics nerds. Uh, they all they all <laughs> were in agreement that Miles Sanders was, was getting him where they got him in the second round was, was good value. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of with you. I think the coaching staff may like him a little bit more than, than the front office does. Um, and you're right. Like they've gone out of their way to, I mean, back in training camp, of course, if you're, you're, you know, your, your, your viewers will remember. Kenny Gainwell got some first team yeah. reps. And we just noted that. Uh, we, the general, we immediately media, just noted that that's what happened. It didn't you know, add any like Yeah, it was just factual. Analysis. Yeah. But but the, the fantasy football community really ran amok with uh with that nugget. And um that's when Nick Siriani came out and, like as you said, was pounding the table. Miles is our guy, Miles is our guy. Miles Sanders, by the way, heading into week seven years. Yeah. He was the his fourth in the NFL yeah. in rushing. Right. and The Eagles offensive line has a lot to do with that, of course. And the big leads that they've had in games has had, has had a lot to do with that. He's had more carries per game, I think, this year than any other year in his career. Uh, he stayed healthy. He hasn't fumbled. Knock on wood if you're an Eagles fan, uh, which has been sort of a detriment of, of, of his. It's been sort of a liability of his. Throughout his career, is that he's fumbled a fair amount. He hasn't fumbled yet this year, so I think that's a good thing. He's taking. We all talk about the way that Jalen Hurts has taken care of the football this year. Well, you know, little hat tip to Miles Sanders and not giving the ball away either. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, if they just stayed as is at running back, that's fine. If they add a player who can make an impact, that that's an upgrade on Boston Scott, Trey Sermon. Sure, go ahead and do that too. Why not? I mean, at some point, you have to imagine that uh, miles Sanders history is, is that at some point he's going to get hurt yeah so I think that having a guy sort of in reserve that can that can carry the load for you and certainly David like a David Montgomery type of guy could do that for you should miles Sanders go down uh, I think it makes some sense to add a running back but I don't think you have to overpay or go out of your way to go get one
2: and for those in the Miles Sanders fan club who want to see him come back this off season, we got a lot of road to travel before we actually get there. But, and I don't think Miles will be the one that they cut the deal with uh, in season to uh, uh, get him done before hitting free agency. I think he's going all the way to free agency. If John's right about the coaching staff likes better than the, the organization, a.k.a. the front office, a.k.a. Howie Roseman does, I felt the same thing about Derek Barnett. I thought the coaching staff liked Derek Barnett more than the, the rest for of the sure. organization yeah, did for sure. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. by the way, Derek Barnett came back. So maybe that's a sign that uh, Miles Sanders going out of town. Isn't quite a, a done deal yet. I right, uh, taking a peek at the schedule. Um, Mr. Kemsky, Eagles are not only going to be favorite they're 10 and a half point favorite this week, the upcoming weeks as well. Texans might be the worst team in the national football league when are the Eagles going to get tested? Is it going to be the Eagles are upset, major upset, when they finally lose a game? Or do we just have to be patient until a real opponent with a chance shows up on the schedule?
7: Well, the next time they play a team that has a winning record currently, I think it's Tennessee. Which Tennessee, is, yeah. Which is into December. Yeah, so it'll be a while before they say, Yeah, they're not getting
3: tested unless you believe, and nobody believes in the Giants, Jimmy. Nobody believes in Minnesota. They already beat Minnesota. Um, and I'm in that category, I don't believe in those two teams, but you can only play who's in front of you. I mean, at at some point, they deserve credit for taking care of business because this whole league is built on parity, everybody's supposed to be. Well, not eight and eight anymore because you have to be nine and eight or eight and nine. But, uh, and that's kind of borne out this year. You know, it's Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC, Eagles in the NFC. They deserve credit for that, don't they?
7: Yeah, they're not Clemson scheduling Wofford. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you
7: know, it sounds like all these teams are, are obviously NFL teams They have talent up and down the roster. Maybe not up and down the roster, but they all have some talented players, of course. Yeah. This Steelers team coming up, by the way. Um, they have the worst point differential in the NFL at minus 50 something. In um, bits and pieces that I've seen them so far this year have not been impressed. So I, I think that the, that line that Jody referenced, the 10 and a half, I think it was actually yeah. up at 11 at one point. Surprised yeah. some folks. Nah, I think that should line be. is should about be. right. Yeah, I think it's, a, <laughs> little I think it's yeah. a little light.
3: I think it's a little light. I think it should be too. You know, it's weird about Pittsburgh because they've had all this success. Three coaches since 1969, yeah. record Super Bowl titles. They can't win in Philadelphia, even when they're good. Why would they win now?
7: It's yeah. nine straight or something like that. Nine straight. 1965,
3: like one yeah. they haven't wow. won. Wow. Okay. Since Franklin Field, Jimmy Kempsky, Franklin
2: Field. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, J.K. With the Steelers coming to town this week and then an easier schedule uh, going forward. What do you think Sirianni's message is when they walk back into the building tomorrow? Just the stay focused, week to week, win the day, blah blah blah. Or is there something else that he needs to add to the mix, specifically with this group in this season where they are the only undefeated team? Uh, and anything that you would be uh, say would come out of left field or or Nick playing a card that nobody sees? I'm trying to come up with something that he would add. I'm I'm rolling. Uh, snake Eyes yeah. not getting it done. Is it just that say, simple?
7: I would say thank you for not getting in trouble during the bye week, and then uh, <laughs> let's just keep rolling. Yeah, you know, six and 0, it. Yeah. Things are things are going right, and you know, no need to rock the boat. As, as sort of as sort of uh, what John said earlier. I mean, John was referring to that in terms of you know picking up
3: trade, yeah, trade, I, uh, Yeah.
7: But I mean, just as far as the messaging to the team, like no, let's just let's just keep rolling.
3: Yeah, not, to me, this is about sustaining. I'll let you go, Jimmy. Finish your run. Uh, read Jimmy, at Jimmy Kemsky. But uh, the one thing that can't be sustainable, you mentioned it a little bit with Miles, two turnovers through six games. I mean, there's got to be a market correction there, right? I mean, this team does, they do a great job. I give credit to Jamal Singleton. He's out there pushing people with the boxing gloves. I don't know how he's. You know, he can go 15 rounds. He keeps pounding people. They they do a tremendous job with ball security, but there's a lot of randomness to that, Jimmy. You just turn it over, tip ball. Um, you know, somebody gets a helmet on the football. That's got to change a little bit, doesn't it?
7: Yeah, Trevor Lawrence just dropping a football with nobody yeah. even hitting him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like yeah, there's some buck involved, sure. And they're what plus 12, I think. Plus 12. The next closest team, I believe, is Dallas at, like, plus six. So they uh, have double.
3: Yeah. It was uh, going into the bye, it was plus 12. And Minnesota and Baltimore were plus four. I think you're right. Dallas kicked up during the bye. So, you know, but when they went into the bye, There's a huge, they were eight you know, better than anybody else. Yeah. yeah,
7: It's a huge difference between them and, and the rest of the NFL in terms of their the turnover production.
3: Well, we lost.
2: Did we lose? Yeah, uh we just about got you. jimmy uh, you giving given us okay. plenty already do us a favor finish yeah. up the rest of the shopping you have to do jog safely home my friend thank you much for uh, checking in with us we'll punch up again in a couple of weeks I Thanks, you, guys. you can hear me now <laughs> jimmy Kempick. yeah we can See you, actually both. i thought that sounded pretty cool i know it was annoying because it was low volume but it sounded different because yeah, you're fine. used to hearing the guy clear I actually enjoyed it uh, from just a uh, different perspective with him standing in front of a store. We don't get many guys standing in front of a store coming out with us here on Birds 365. My last question for Jimmy was going to be this before his audio got too bad. Um, So I'll put it to you instead, JM. Eagles at home against the Steelers on Sunday. We know you and I have sung the praises of Eagle Nation, the fans for taking it on the road the way they do did down to Washington had 50% of the stadium, went to Arizona, probably had about a quarter of the stadium, but it sounded like they had 50% of the stadium. Well, now you got a home game. Steeler fans. I can tell you are one of the oh, best traveling fan bases. Yeah. yeah. I I've been to jet Steeler games doing the jet pre pregame show on a radio station in New York and just steal a fan after steal a fan after steal a fan walking by go where are the jet fans so they travel well but the steelers as you and i noted in the first segment today are usually pretty damn good and involved in postseason push and uh, this year they got one of the worst records in the nfl so maybe they don't travel as well if they're going to travel anywhere steal a fans stay in state go to an eagle game but eagle fans don't give up their tickets We've also this week talked a lot, or at least I have on my other broadcast outlets, about how loud and how great this Bank Park has been for the Phillies. They are undefeated at home here in the postseason, and it is unbelievably loud for these games, and uh, the fans have been supported. Do the Eagle fans, who are Philly fans as well, but prioritize Eagles over Phillies, do they feel challenged? To live up to what the Philly fans have been doing in Citizens Bank Park, that they do the exact same at the link this Sunday for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I
3: mean, I, you, I think you know the majority of look, all, all, all Philly fans are Eagles fans. I, I think there are a lot of of the same people, so I don't think that plays into it as uh, at all. I think you really, not at no, all. Not at all. I, I, because I mean, this is an Eagle's town. This the first and foremost, you know, if you go to a Phillies game during the regular season, when there's 25,000 people there on a good night, um, you know, you'll hear the Eagles chance. You'll hear it at Sixers games. Yeah, you, you don't see vice versa that much. Now, maybe this time you do because the Phillies are in the world series, right. maybe you'll, maybe you'll see it. But they're all the same people. All the Billy fans are Eagles fans. So, I'm, I, you know, I here, I don't here's think where,
2: it. here's where I would differ with you. Uh, they are. they four for four is a big thing in this town. You got to be a fan of all four teams. But uh, having done sports talk for thirty plus years, there is prioritizing. There is a a ranking of the teams for each individual. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. So so while they're not competing there is an individual pride taken if your number one team is your your rooting interest number one team is the number one team and right now yeah i will uh, go out on a limb and project right now i don't think the link will get as loud on sunday for eagle Steelers yeah, as it has seven. been for any of the games it's a mid mid-season yeah. game Seven goals to seven, Sorry. and oh, but still a midseason game as compl- compared to an NLCS yeah. game. Uh, agreed, there's much more on the line with the baseball team than the, the football team right now. But that's not the way it's going to be judged by the fan. The, the fans are going to say, and we're even louder than an Eagles game because you're right, it's an Eagle town. I, I think there'll be some of that. I think there'll be Eagle I, fans I, who I, I Eagles think... on the top of the list above the Phillies who want to make a verbal statement.
3: The, the Billies are on top of the list and deservedly so uh, because they're in the World Series. So, you know, for this run, you know, they're number one and they should be number one. Uh, but that's a very small window. You know, when the Sixers make a run in the playoffs, same thing. When the Flyers make a run, which hasn't been for a while, but um, same thing. You have this very short window where – they take over the city. But, you know, I I said it earlier, win, lose, or draw, whether the Phillies win the World Series, lose the World Series, they're not going to draw, but it doesn't matter. Ten minutes after it's over, it's, it's an Eagles town again. It's Eagles, 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 and especially when they're good, and they're good. Um, so they will, you know, order will be restored when it comes after the World Series, but – look, the Phillies are in the World Series. It's a big deal, and it doesn't happen that often. Uh, so it's understandable why it's a big deal. Uh, but that I don't think it affects the Eagles at all. I really don't. Okay,
2: but uh, just uh, I, I need you to take note of it because you'll be down at the game on Sunday. I'll be here watching all the games and prepping for my national show. Um, I think Eagle fans are going to go out of the way because I do think there's a competition. Some are... Eagles, Phillies, uh, 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 right across the board, even. Most people don't do that. There's a priority to their rooting interests of the teams in town. And yes, if you just line them all up and numbered them, there would be more Eagle fans and Philly fans. You and I agree on that. But I think there's a little competition going on here because Citizens Bank Park has rocked as much as it has this past week. I think the Eagle fans will take up the challenge this weekend at the lake. Hi, right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac on Birds Three Sixty Five. Come back. I want to get John's take on odds. Playoff.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
5: Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. Gojeffauto.com.
7: Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an audible this season and contact the DelVal Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of DelVal Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com.
6: DVIGI.com.
4: Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day.
2: The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. J-Mac and J-Mac. That will be John McClone and Joey McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Uh, we we'll head down to shore. Uh, Michael Gill from uh, the sport
5: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Sports Bash, 97.3. Sometimes I get those numbers mixed up. It's
3: understandable. You got 97.3 down the shore, 97.5 up here. I I, 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 I used to work for the station. I get it mixed up
2: sometimes used to juxtapose those numbers so the, the the sports bash dude mike gill will join us coming up in uh, less than 20 minutes i j mac uh, again a, a fan issue and uh sometimes uh, here on our stream i uh, quite jody doesn't know philly well enough uh, <laughs> let, let me relate something that i've experienced doing sports talk in this town for 33 years okay um <laughs>
3: You don't know Billy
2: yet, no, maybe I, a couple
3: I, more years. Went
2: maybe behind years, more. all 33 yeah. years of him. Um, this is just my experience that from time to time, Philadelphia fans overstate disrespect. Now, I'm saying this as just three weeks ago here on the show, I was getting annoyed by Power rankings having the Eagles as the fourth best team in the NFL when they're the only undefeated team, but they're the fourth best team on somebody's power rankings. Yeah. So I can do it myself. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, casting aspersions inward as well as outward, but just overall talking about Philadelphia fans, it's almost like they feel the need. Was it you told the story the other day about uh, Belichick and using the parade for the Super Bowl? I that, told that story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told that story. Yeah. I I, I remember you're telling it just earlier this week that the Philadelphia fans think they're doing that when they say they're being disrespected. Oh, it overs with the national media. Nobody gives us credit. Everybody's hating on Philadelphia. Yeah. I think that's always woke. It's annoying.
3: Be it's to annoying by, to be. By the Philadelphia blunt. fan
2: base. Yeah. So let me buoy those individuals and say, Philly's getting the respect they deserve. Uh, power rankings aside for all the media outlets and the like the other place, the place that I actually prefer to go to is, and some people disagree with this. I think you're on the same page with me, John, but if you're not, please say so. I actually take more out of the wagering odds than I do a quote unquote national media outlets opinion, because with the odds, there's something real at stake, losing money. If they put out bad odds, the company that's running, DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, uh, SportsBet, well, whoever we're talking about here, uh, BetParks, uh, Oceans, they don't want to lose money. Nobody wants to lose money. So they're going to work hard to get it as on point as they possibly can. So I'll give you the latest odds on the Eagles' <laughs> chances to win the Super Bowl. And you want to talk about disrespect. Um the favorites right now are the Buffalo Bills. They're 5-2 to two, to win the whole thing. The Philadelphia Eagles are second. Now, they're power ranked second. More importantly, they're the second choice right now to win it all, the Super Bowl, 5-1. to one. The Kansas City Chiefs are third choice. And a couple of outlets, uh, power rankings, had the Chiefs ahead of the Eagles Prior to last week, they got beat by Buffalo, so they rightfully dropped. So the Eagles are right where they should be. The Eagles are five to one, the Chiefs are six to one. 49ers, who Johnny Mack had coming out of the yeah. NFC. This I'm not year.
3: the only one, Jody. We yeah. had uh, Clark Judge was on my side as well.
2: Uh, Clark, Clark's an old head. Yeah, he's a 40. Yeah. yeah, that's true. See, that's, that's what hard. I'm talking about. Yeah. When you're talking about an individual's opinion, sometimes their own experience comes into play. Yeah. When you're i are talking I about no odds. It's purely yeah. a number. They 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 plug in an algorithm. You know, I don't understand the algorithm. Please. Oh, by the way, like uh, birds three sixty five. Hit that like button right now while you're at it. You can improve our algorithm. I don't know how, but I'm told to say that's so how I do. But I'm told the same thing about odds. It isn't like they have some master genius sitting there and evaluating and moving the number. No, they plug in an algorithm. And that's how they come up with these odds. So, yes, San Francisco, the fourth choice right now at 13 to 1. Vikings next at 16 to 1. Ravens 17 to 1. I liked the Ravens when the season started. I haven't necessarily liked the Ravens in the way they played. Cowboys 17 to 1. Bucks still 18 to 1. Tom Brady's still getting respect. Talk about respect. He gets respect. Bengals 22 to 1. Chargers, oh, Rams 22 to 1. Chargers 28 to 1. Packers, Rodgers doesn't get the respect that Brady does, 33 to 1. Dolphins, 33 to 1. You know, that was my preseason AFC upset pick. They're still getting some respect at 33 at 4 and 3. The Giants next at 40 to 1. Now they're getting no respect. No there respect. They're 6 and 1. Yeah. And they're, yeah. what i run down about 10 teams, they're the yeah. 10th choice. They got I'm the a, second
3: that, best know, record. They're the tenth choice. That uh, I'm in that category because you know I don't believe in the I'd Giants. i have come
2: around. I'm giving the Giants a little bit more credit than you and or Vegas is six and one is six and one.
3: Yeah, I mean it's very good. And I say the same thing about Minnesota well <laughs> as well at five and one. I don't believe in them, but they have more respect than the Giants, it looks. Um Look, there's three teams to me that are clearly above the pack, and they're the top three, and they should be the top three. Um, and, you know, the Eagles should be ahead of Kansas City because it's more difficult in the AFC because you have two. and the NFC, you only have one. Um, so I think those odds are correct. Um, it, it, but things here's change where, quickly in think... this league. Things change quickly in this league. Um, I think we had Chris Landry on. And Chris is right because Chris has been around uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tell me who's healthy in December, and I'll tell you who's ready to make a run. You know, it's it's week eight, Jody. Um, a lot of things can happen. You you've seen it. You know the Giants at six and one, as good as they've been. Well, they just lost two offensive linemen and their tight end. You know, even if they are for real. They could be impacted by those injuries. We'll see how long. I know Evan Neal's going to miss a couple weeks. Couple
2: weeks, yeah.
3: Um, we'll see how that impacts. You know, the right injury at the wrong place uh, can derail anybody, anybody. So in this particular snapshot, they have it right. Those are the three best teams right now. But come see me in December and it might be different.
2: I agree with you about the top, which is, uh, uh, in that order, Bills, Eagles, Chiefs. But take, for instance, two teams you just mentioned. You're not, despite their record saying what they are, the Vikings and the Giants, two next-best teams in the NFL after the Eagles uh, with only one loss apiece. Do you think the Vikings are significantly better than the Giants?
3: No, no the vikings are 16 one Giants are
2: 40 that's twice as good that's more than twice as good yeah i don't understand that why would the vikings be 16 well, because and people the thought 40
3: be because people thought before the season that the vikings could be okay um and they have more proven commodities uh for as much as you know some people dislike kirk cousins but he's a heck of a lot more proven than daniel jones um you know dalvin cook adam thielen justin jefferson on and on um the giants are kind of new um, new on the block nobody was expecting them um so i think that's just a timing thing as the season goes on even if they're both remain successful those numbers will close and they'll become closer uh, but nobody believes in the Giants right now. Everybody thinks it's a mirage, and maybe we're wrong. You know, and also, you know, you're right about Clark because he's got a history with the 49ers. But a lot of people believe in the 49ers because of past history. A lot of people believe in Green but we haven't even talked about Green Bay, Tampa Bay, the Rams. You mentioned Tom Brady's respect. Yeah, he gets that respect because of what he's done previously. And those teams get a little bit more respect because of what they've done previously. At some point, if the giants keep playing the way they're playing, they're going to overcome that, but it's still too early to overcome that.
2: I think if there's a fan base that can scream out, we're being disrespected, it would be the giants at this point. They they find ways to win. There's something to be said for finding ways to win. God, if I haven't heard it, over and over and over again in the last couple of weeks, the Phillies, they find ways to win. They, they, they're so uh, cohesive as a unit. They're fighting for them. I think Dable has done that with the Giants. I look at Giants roster and I'm not wowed by it by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but they find ways to win. And I think I think there's, well, you know, you I, I said, Phillies, you could believe the same exact thing in the Giants. I say this
3: in a pretty consistent way. Uh, odds are different, but you know we we've been doing this show for a while now. So whenever something comes up and people are disrespected by uh, Chris Sims with Jalen Hurts, or people are disrespected by um, you know Pro Football Talks power rankings, or 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 disrespected by Damo putting number two um, uh, the Eagles in the power, it, it's one person's opinion. Go to the next person. Go to Jody McDonald's opinion. Go to John McMullen's opinion. Or ignore our opinion. Go to the next opinion. Go shopping for an opinion you like. It's just somebody's opinion. That's it. So I never get upset about it. Who cares? I mean, sometimes I agree with people. Sometimes I disagree with people. There's no, you know, there's no reason to get upset by that stuff. I, I
2: say it all the time. I'm very consistent with it. And knowing uh, the fan base here in town, they do get upset, or at least they like to uh, show that they get upset and like to be able to voice the opinion. Everybody hates us. Uh, this happens to Philadelphia all the time. No, it doesn't. I give you a prime example um, above and beyond the fact that the Eagles are the second choice right now to go to the Super Bowl MVP odds. The favorite is Josh Allen. He's plus 125, so he's almost even money to win the MVP, which is a fairly strong, heavy MVP. Number two right now is Jalen Hurts. He's five to one to win the MVP, as is Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. So it's co second choices in the betting outlet that I checked this morning. That's a pretty big difference between plus 125, which is slightly below six to five or uh between seven to five and six to five and five to one that's a pretty big jump so Allen is a prohibitive favorite right now for mvp but jalen hurts is second choice uh, raise your hand if you had jalen hurts in the mvp race before the season started come on be honest put your friggin' hand down nobody had jalen hurts in the mvp race so it it isn't everything isn't uh uh, dug in with their heels. Well, this is what I thought before no. the season started. No, 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 no. We've got six weeks of evidence and numbers being piled up. And Jalen Hurts deserves to be number two in the MVP yeah. So the whole, well, he thought that before the season started. In some things, that holds water. In others, they just go by the board. And Jalen Hurts MVP case. I always got,
3: I I probably told you this before, you know, this um The whole world is against us when it comes to uh, TV announcers. Um, I I mean, and I always say about football specifically, like a lot of people don't know how many people behind the scenes in these broadcasts are Eagles fans because NFL Films has been in Mount Laurel for years. Um, If anything, it's the opposite. There's way more Eagles fans than anybody else of these broad. Now, when you get to the national, you get the Tony Romo's and the, and the Troy Aikman's and the Daryl Johnstons. They always go for the cowboy players, right? Jason Winton. Um, But overall, you know, and I listen to Tony all the time. He's one of the few guys I do listen to. Cause when I am watching a game, which isn't often because I'm usually at games. Um, he's one of the few I'd listen to. I'm, kind of turned down the volume guy i just watched the game uh but he's really good there's no evidence of of, of you know overriding cowboy i just don't get it I, I and and even if i got it i'd be like all right who gives a flying <laughs> he played for the team for 15 years whatever it was all right yeah he likes the cowboys who cares
2: I don't know. Uh, we're dealing with that on the baseball side now. I think Smoltz is phenomenal.
3: Oh, well, Smoltz has been. And by the way, I ought to you know, no offense to these Phillies fans, and because there are a lot of hardcore Phillies fans, but there's also a lot of Johnny Come Latelys that are here for the ride. Um, and they're saying, how could you have John Smoltz? He's been doing it for years. They didn't show up and say, oh, the Phillies are in the playoffs and they're playing the Braves. We're going to get John Smoltz. I mean,
2: come on. How long has he been doing that, Jody? It was it was so much better than they had A-Rod and Michael Kay for the first series against the Cardinals. They're just awful. Well, Kay's a professional. I shouldn't say that. A-Rod's yeah. awful. Uh, Smaltz is so much better at what he does. Uh, It's ridiculous. But yeah, he was considered a brave more than anything else. He He, he called it right down the middle, as he should, as he always does, because he's as good as he is. I, I get more of that on the baseball side than on the football side because the football, there is no hometown announcer on television. There is on radio. That would be Merrill. And a lot of people do turn down the sound on the TV and turn up their radio. So, therefore, they don't have an opinion on uh, the, the, the broadcast on the television side. If you do listen to the TV, you don't realize that they're not as homerish as your usual television broadcasters because John Smoltz is replacing Tom McCarthy and McCarthy will give you the hometown point of view on everything. Why? Because he's a Phillies employee doing the broadcasting. You don't have that change on television. Uh, the way you do with the other sports. So I, I think that it's more, it's a football thing, but it's more of a baseball thing of uh, fan bases complaining about the guy rooting against them on the television yeah. broadcast.
3: So I, I just looked it up. 2014, Smoltz uh, started with Fox, and he was number one. He was on the number one team by 2016. So it's been a while. They didn't show up and say, oh, guess what? The Braves are playing the Phillies. Let's get John Smoltz to uh, uh, get the tweak the Phillies fan. He does it every (laughs) single year if you paid attention. So that's some people. Obviously, the hardcore fans know that. Uh, The Johnny come lately's do not know that. And then you get this whole, oh, John, how could John Smoltz be doing a Braves-Phillies game? Because he's the best in the stinking business.
2: That's why. He's been the lead voice for the broadcast uh, network that has the uh, top playoff games for seven years. You're right. He didn't just uh, come to the forefront at this time. All right. He's John McMahon. I'm Jerry McDonald. Up next, we're headed down the shore. Mr. Sports Bash himself from 97.3 ESPN. Michael, I'm going to ask him about the West. You think the West Virginia coach is going to get fired?
3: Yeah, why not? He should be. Yeah, a lot of West Virginia issues. Well, yeah,
2: I, I love Pimp and Gil about West Virginia. Uh, Mike Gil, coming up next here on Birds 365. Stick around.
4: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia?
5: Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action
6: News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
5: Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
2: every single time we come aboard here on birds 365 McMullen mcdonald and yes he didn't let me down he's got the golf shirt on despite the fact that his alma mater took a 48 to 10 beat down this past oh. weekend oh from down the shore in the sports patch, mike gill jumps in with us here on birds 365 how hot is the seat under coach uh neil uh brown's butt these days mr gill
8: it's warming up man uh TCU this week. I know they're undefeated, and uh, we'll oh, see. What
2: good
3: they God! But, I mean, they got trounced by Texas Tech. They yeah. got the seventh-ranked uh, team in the nation. Uh, the Horned Bra. Not been
8: good. It's not been good. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, like a call for the coach kind of guy generally, but Brown's been there four years, and this thing ain't moving in the right direction. Look, ah, Doyle you don't know, Holgerson know. had a lot of guys drafted? Russell, Wendell, Uh, Smallwood. We all know them here in Philadelphia. There was a lot of – Kaiser
3: White. Kaiser
8: White. There you go. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, West Virginia's had a lot of good players. Um, But, yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, They're sort of, you know, you know better than I, Mike. They're, you know, right in the middle, right? They're good, typically. Not this year, but typically. But it's tough to get to that next level in college football. And it's only getting tougher.
8: That conference is not a good fit for them. I mean, they're away over in West Virginia. The whole conference is down in Texas, Oklahoma. It's not a great recruiting tool for them. So,
3: yeah. They still get good recruits, though. So not like they to get- used to.
8: They used to All be, right. it, when they were in the Big East, they were able to go to Florida and get those like Florida, like cast offs that nobody yeah. down there wanted. And they got yeah. them to come up and then they played Miami and it was like, hey, you could go play Miami. It's just a
2: geographical mess for them right now. All right. Yeah. And we take advantage to poke fun when we get the chance on you. I'm still um, baby. I, I appreciate your stick-to-itiveness. All right. Eagles have uh, gotten off to a 6-0 and start. Everything is going right. They're pushing all the right buttons on the coach. And the players are playing like they're supposed to. Nobody is underachieving. Is there a yeah but involved here? Uh, is, is there a, a shooter drop that things yeah. have just been too good? than anyone could have, even the most optimistic Eagle fan could have expected through the first six games, or is this just going to continue?
8: No, I mean, there's always a, yeah, but, and they haven't really dealt with a lot of adversity injury wise. Yeah. They had my lot out, but they were able to kind of, you know, that's one area where they can persevere is they have some depth on the offensive line. What happens if Jalen hurts? He takes a lot of hits, you know? Uh, he goes for those little one yard sneaks. If he gets hit on the crown and gets a head injury and has to miss a game or two uh, or the ankle problem that he had last year, he had the ankle problem, missed a game and then everybody wanted Minshew to play after he played for one game. And then it was when just
3: Hur- the jets, just the jets It was
8: the jets. Right. <laughs> and after that game, when Hertz came back, he wasn't the same player. No. He didn't run around sure. as much, but he was still out there. So, yeah, but there hasn't been that major injury. What happened to AJ Brown? Tweak's an ankle. Devonta, mm-hmm. Smith, somebody on this team yeah. where they have to show the depth, and as any team that has to show depth, the Eagles have depth in the offensive line. They've had some injuries there, and they've they've kind of you know withstood those. But what happens if they lose Slay Bradbury? They already lost Maddox. That hasn't gone well, but they were able to get through it. But what happens if one of those outside guys goes down? Who's the third corner? That's something that possibly a trade helps them out. Safety, one of those guys goes out for the longest. We saw that
3: for sixteen snaps. It wasn't good. Yeah, safety. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a different. Yeah, but Mike. Um, Yeah, but you can't just turn the ball over twice in six games. Uh, That's what the Eagles have done. They turn it over once. Every three games that can't possibly be sustainable,
8: can and it? yeah. But John, you can't expect to get as many turnovers as you're creating every single game. You know, when they won the Super Bowl that year, they created so many turnovers and was like, How long can this sustain? Well, the next year they didn't create those turnovers and the team struggled a bunch now. Um, you're right. You're you're right. Like how long can they go without Miles Sanders fumbling or Jalen Hurts? All the times he carries the ball, takes hits without him fumbling. Uh, he's not a big interception guy. I mean, he took care of the no. ball last year. So I don't know that he's going to just start throwing, you know, picks all over the place, but fumbles happen. Interceptions happen, you know, uh, strip sacks happen. But I look at the other side. They're creating turnovers at an epic pace. How long can they, I mean, what's the differential is astronomical. How long can they keep that going, which has created a lot of short fields and points for this team?
2: All right. So let me uh, throw you a hypothetical, Mr. Gill, because uh, your point is well taken about the fact that injuries can happen. And there have been certain areas and not the offensive line because guys have missed time games or at least snaps and they've had to plug guys in and for the most part they've done the job all right uh driscoll was a little over uh, matched by uh michael parson but other than that they've done a really nice job if they get up by three touchdowns in the game sunday against pittsburgh and we're into the late stages of the third quarter and it's 28-7 you give zach mcpherson some reps do you get either Bradbury or uh, Slay off the field, preventing a potential injury and giving Zach McPherson some experience because he could surely use it? I think one of the problems with uh, the backup safety who got forced in, how many reps was it, John, that he had to play? Uh, uh, 16. Wallace? 16. 16. Yeah, I think part of the issue was he hasn't gotten all that many snaps on the National Football League level. Would you go there? Would you try and get a couple of your quote-unquote substitutes into the game if you've got a blowout-type game just to give them the experience? I would.
8: I don't know why more teams don't just rotate a series. Hey, we're up big. Let's rotate a series. I feel like you see quarterbacks in the game at 34-3. to Mm -hmm. Just have someone else out there hand the ball off. There's no need. I don't know why more teams don't do this, especially at a spot like that where, hey, Look, we're gonna get you out there for a series. You don't have to, don't you know, set the world on fire here, but go out and get your sea legs. See the speed of the game. It's okay to see the speed of the game for a series or two if you're up big in that situation. Um, yeah, I like that idea. I don't know why teams in sports don't do that more often. I mean, guys are hitting in the bottom of the ninth, up ten to one. Uh, let the guy have a night off. I mean, you see it every once in a blue moon, but these coaches are. So scared to go to that next guy sometimes because in the NFLs, especially yeah. NBA's like this too. You hit a bunch of threes, you get back in the game. Because the NBA is a league where they will empty the bench a little bit and get guys sit them on the bench. But where the NFL, I mean, you get one big play down the field yeah, and the momentum yeah. shifts really quick. So I I get under but 28 to 3. If you have faith in your guys, you should be able to say, hey, you can go out there and I think, for me, it's just more the speed of the game. Go out there and get to look at the speed of the game in case you need to be called on.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at – I always bring up the old World League of American football. I mean, I think there was something to the fact that Kurt Warner developed there and Brad Johnson developed there and Jake DeLome. These were not high-level prospects, and they actually got to play. Now, nobody watched it. Nobody saw it. But I think there was something to actually getting on the field versus just – you know, sit and practice running the scout team and he got better, especially at the quarterback position. But you brought up the point, Mike. I mean, you're up eighteen in this league and bang bang. You're you know, it's a one score game late in the fourth quarter. Everybody's just scared to do it. And if you're Nick Sirianni and you see Kayvon Wallace for sixteen plays, well, guess what? You don't want to see Kayvon Wallace for sixteen more. I yeah. mean It's hard to get depth in this league.
8: It is. And it's hard to come to grasp at when do I feel safe? When do I feel the other team has taken their foot off the gas? These are professionals as well. And they always feel that they're in the game, that they have a shot. But I know one of Jody's things, but ifs, might be, but when are they going to put together four quarters of football? this This might be the week. I said to John yesterday on my show, That this could be out of the bye. Like, is this an overlook game? Not to me. This isn't an overlook kind of game. This is, you know, they had that game against Denver a couple of years ago where they just crushed them. They beat them. They scored like 52 in that game. And that was kind of the game in 17 that everyone was like, well, this team might be pretty good. I feel like this is the kind of – look, Buffalo beat Pittsburgh 38-3. to If you want to stay on the conversation – you don't have to, but the optics, if you want to stay on the level of where Buffalo is – you gotta come around and smack this team and be like, all right, Buffalo beat you 38 to 3. You're at our place. We had a buy. We're not taking you light like, 38-10. Well, that's no. a
3: tough, that's a tough standard, 38 to 3. I'm not all saying
8: right. 38-3, but I'm talking about what Jody wants. One of these 20, where you don't take you off the to gas to twenty-four, yeah. you just keep going past the twenty-four. You know, it's like Kramer. Uh, needing gas in his car and not getting off at the exit. (laughs) Mr. Kramer, you know, like just keep going, just keep scoring. This is the kind of game that you might be able to say, all right, Buffalo beat you 38 to three. Let's see how we stack up with you.
3: You know, I, one of the things that I say it all the time, because I love it. uh, And Jim Schwartz told me the one time that games have personalities. And I said, you know what? Yeah, he's right. He's right. He's right. And on the rare occasion when you do blow out a team all right you look great but i mean that's not necessarily an indication of anything you know it might be it might be an indication the other team gave up just as much as you dominated um so i don't i don't i don't get caught up in these nebulous standards of playing four quarters i've said this to Jody pretty consistently i've said it to you Every time time this team has been challenged, they've answered the challenge. That tells me more than blowing somebody out who might be a bad football team, might give up on a particular game day. I I always joke about that Buffalo-Kansas City game from the other direction. Everybody in the league overreacted to that. Oh, we can't compete with that. They don't play like that every week. Yeah. They don't play like that every week. Of
8: course, well, you can't. Don, you know, like you know, from talking to me, I, I don't feel like I need to see it for me. I, I don't need that. I, you, you talked on Monday about how uh, Sirianni is the best panderer out there. I'm pseudo pandering <laughs> to this is what the fans want to see. They want to see that you are on the level of if Buffalo can beat that team 38 to three, then you need to be. I don't care if they win the game 10 to three on that Sunday. You only figured out how to score 10 points. Okay, that Sunday's over. What do you score five Sundays from now? It's not going to be 10, most likely. I go back to a couple years ago. I think it was the year 2019. Foles ended up coming in. They lost a game to the Dolphins. The Dolphins were horrible, and they lost that game. And they're not making a playoff. Playoff, stop talking about the playoff. They won four straight games after that. So whatever happened on that Sunday in Miami didn't happen again the rest of the way, and they won four straight games. So... We, if we haven't by now figured out that what happens on one Sunday has nothing to do with the next Sunday, uh, you know, sports are have meticulized to they are compartments of their own.
2: I think there's some carryover, but some people overstate <laughs> the carryover. You're right about that, Mike. All right, uh, speaking of over, I want to carry over from last year because I know you had to deal with it on the show. We had to deal with it on Birds 365, I had to deal with it on WIP. The Eagles can't beat a good quarterback narrative was beaten to death last year. And the facts were the facts. They played some bad quarterbacks. It wasn't made up out of whole cloth, it was probably overemphasized and overstated, but they did face some bad quarterbacks Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, uh, T- Taylor Heineke, and probably Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger for yeah. the next four weeks. Are we falling back into that same narrative again this year when they rip off what and get to 10 Yeah, but who'd they beat? Who is the quarterback of the opposition? Are yeah. we going to have to listen to that again this year, Mike? Oh, there's
8: no, there's no doubt, Jody. We're already hearing somewhat of they haven't beaten anybody, and the retort is there's nobody to beat. I mean, you could beat anybody you want, and no one's going to be, unless it's Buffalo. I think there are people that would still respect you if you beat Kansas City, but they're really the only two teams that you could beat that someone would say, all right, I'm impressed yeah. by that. I mean, they do have Aaron Rodgers coming up on the schedule, but they have such a tarnished look right now. Are you impressed if they beat Aaron Rodgers? Probably. I think by the time you get to that, no, spot, they'll
3: move the goalposts by that point. Correct. Say, correct. You know, well, Jody's bad. point yeah. Jody's
8: point is accurate. There isn't a quarterback. I mean, Tannehill's coming up. You got uh Dak Prescott. I guess that's second time you play Dak. Is he Daniel next-
3: Jones, baby?
8: Yeah, I, I yeah, the, but that's the whole league, Jody. I mean, until we come to terms with Buffalo and Kansas City aren't on your schedule, so you can't beat them, and nobody respects any other team in the league. Yeah, you're not going to get the respect until you end up at the end of the line. That's it. I mean, Kirk Cousins, you beat him. Uh, no one's going to be impressed by that, but he's probably one of the best guys you got going right now.
2: Yeah,
3: and they're five and one, and nobody's impressed by it that they beat right. Minnesota. And I put myself in that category. But um, y- y- you you could only play who's on your schedule. And I do think the rest of the league, Mike, and the parity amongst the rest of the league defines how good Philadelphia is. They're not in that muck. They keep winning. Right. And everybody else is in the muck. So that, to me, defines why they're good.
8: Well, and why they haven't put together this quote unquote complete game where they probably could score more than 24. They could keep going. They haven't done it yet. Their games are not what we're watching in the NFL. Every one of these games is coming down to the last play, the last drive, the last... they're not getting into that situation. They've had it Detroit. Um, you know, they've had Arizona, a game or so Arizona. Arizona, but they're dom- They, they went out. The game was not close against Minnesota. They just yeah. dominated that team. Same with Washington. Most teams, and even the bad teams, they're hanging around these games. Philadelphia is showing the separation by not being in these claw every single week. In a league that is serving you bad football, but bad, exciting football, Philadelphia is not generally in that mix. They are pulling away from these teams. Not every single week. You can't expect it over 17 weeks, but when they need to, you put Minnesota five and one on our plate. That game's not close. You know, Dallas, they're up 17 to nothing. Um, go ahead, Jody. I see you wanting to spar with me.
2: No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about the next question I was going to ask. And again, it's a uh, question that Eagle fans won't like me to ask. And I'm not saying it's what I think thing's going to happen. I'm just putting it out there because there are other situations similar in the NFL. A couple teams in the past week had to deal with wide receiver Divas that they feel that they're being underused or under targeted. Yep. Um, happened with the J E T S jets, jets, with Rondell Moore. Who the hell is Rondell Moore? Um, uh, Elijah, uh, Moore. Elijah Moore, excuse Elijah. me. Um, and Chase Claypool with the Steelers. Isn't it getting the ball enough? Bah, bah, bah. So far, no one has said anything about the Eagles three top receivers. nodes those would be two wide, one tight. Uh, all have been great all seem to be happy with the amount of targets that they're getting. Any chance that anyone says, yeah, I'm being underused, and is that two of the three are getting paid. Dallas already got paid. Uh, Brown already got paid. I would suggest if it's anybody, probably be Devontae, because <laughs> he had not gotten to the second contract. But well, we got three more years before we get there. Am I opening up a Pandora's box here that I'm idiotic to even look into?
8: Uh, I mean, Brown 53, Smith 43, Goddard 34. I mean, they're right where – I mean, they're, they're it's not like someone's <clears throat> 70 and you're at 30. I mean, I think the one game, Brown got to, got to eat. The next game, Smith got it. They have kind of spread it around. Now, it's been kind of one game, you're the guy, one – we haven't seen that game. Maybe we did where everybody kind of got to play a little bit. I think the Minnesota game, they kind of got everybody involved a little bit more. No, I, I see what you're saying, but – Look, I think one of the things about Sirianni is they have these guys buying in and enjoying it. Like, they like what's going on in here. It's the Rob Thompson. Like, you know, um, they just like playing for the guy. They believe what he's saying. They think he's pushing all the right buttons. I think these guys believe in what's like, you know, it's hard to criticize Sirianni because he's not the play caller. A lot of times you criticize the coach because you don't like the way he's calling the plays. Well, he doesn't call the plays. He's just kind of the guy that's, showing you the emotion on the sideline. He's become that figure, and you know in this town, the fans love that figure. They love the guy who's out yeah. there well, and- and doing all that stuff in-game, but I think behind closed doors, the players appreciate him too, and that's why I think this team is 6-0 because of that harmony. You have teams that are buying into – all right, today's my week. You got next week. I like you. Cool, that's cool with me. But the, the targets.
3: Yeah. Well, it it and it it helps to win, Mike and Jody. Well, right. I mean, that's they're winning I mean, games. games. You're six and zero. Oh, you yeah. can say you can't like be. This you can't you, do this. that. No, I, I guess you know the Jets have been. Uh, Jody brings up Elijah Moore. The Jets have been bad for a long time, and now they're finally showing some life, and it's a bad look for Elijah Moore. Yeah. You can imagine – you don't want to be the a-hole that is at 6-0 and going, give me the football. No, but you know, you see what happens – That's Antonio Brown level.
8: You see what happens to a team where they like the coach and they want to play for the guy – but it's not going well. It's a team like Detroit. You just get run out. You just wear out. You can't yeah. keep playing with that emotion every single week. They're playing with this, I love this coach. This guy's great. And they're fighting and fighting and they keep losing. Well, then they get shut out against the Patriots. They score six points against Detroit, uh, against Dallas, is because you can only keep that level of, I like playing for the coach while you're losing for so long.
3: Yeah. Well, and Jody, to your point, are you asked the rhetorical question Am I bringing up a Pandora's box. Yeah, you are now, but, hey, A.J. Brown's got that sign above his locker, always open. A.J. Brown has got a lot of confidence. I've gotten to know A.J. pretty well. He's a great guy. If they lose games and he's not getting the football, oh, you're going to hear about it. Okay. But they're not losing games. They're well, not and what
8: happened games. what happened in 17? They lost the game against the Chiefs, and LeGarrett Blunt, I don't think, got a carry in that game. And he got asked about it. And there was a little uh, rumbling, and that was about all you heard that season. And after that, you know, Blunt was a part of the offense. They ran the ball a little bit more. But that one game you did have hey, what's going on? Why is it LeGarrett Blunt carrying? I think it was 17, right? It had to be. He was only on the team the one yeah, year, but it was yeah. Blunt that didn't get a carry against the Chiefs. So, yeah, if, if you have a game, even when there's tons of success, when you deal with that one game of adversity, you're going to be like, we could have won that game if you threw the ball to me. But, you yeah. know, what? Yeah. does that bring the whole team down? I doubt it if the team is special enough. If the team's special enough, if they're not special enough, you can't
2: handle it. All right. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jay Glazer, who I respect as one of the best NFL insiders, and he's actually a buddy, Um when asked about the Eagles, would they make any trades? Howie Roseman does like the deal. He said, if they do anything, I would see running back as something they would look to add. Now, I love Glazer. He's, like I said, I've known him 30-plus years. Where do you think he's coming up with this? He's he's okay, A, really uh, smart, B, really tied in. I don't think the Eagles need a running back. If they had an injury, I'd say, okay, fine. Uh, even if it's a, a lower-level guy, not a guy who would compete with Miles for... The most carries. Why do you think Glazer went running back? Uh, can I jump in before you answer, yeah. Mike? Um,
3: well, he, he, as he said this quote, I was talking to Howie Roseman. Jay's got the backbone, so I mean, yeah, he he knows, um, and that, that. So I'll add that on, Mike. Running back, and you go back to 2017. look Eric was playing on. But they had, they had an uh, opportunity to add Jay Jahi to the mix. If they can do the same thing now and yeah. say, if it's Miles Sanders and David Montgomery, Jimmy Kempsky brought up David Montgomery, if it's uh, Miles Sanders and Kareem Hunt, somebody like that, they just pick the best player, play the best player, like the Eagles did that year. Who's got the hot hand? I could see that happening.
8: Yeah, no, I don't think it's a, nece- uh, a necessity – that you have to get this guy, much like J.H.I. I think everybody was kind of like, when they got him, like, whoa, okay, now you mean business. We, don't, we didn't think we needed that guy, but um, could this team – I think – I like Boston Scott, but they don't view him for whatever reason as kind of that Darren Sproles kind of catch the ball out of the backfield kind of guy where he can kind of get in there for a series or two and be used in the screen game and the kind of curl out of the backfield. Maybe they go out and get a guy who can catch the ball, run some routes, and and be, because for whatever reason they don't view these running backs to me anyway maybe you guys disagree as pass catchers like sanders they don't look at he had a no, rookie year no, he caught the ball no. 50 times they haven't thrown it to him since he's had some drop issues scott they don't use in the past game all that much and Well we
3: was supposed was to be
8: that guy yeah. and he hasn't so if you find a guy who that's his specialty you know, uh, Sal Powell was on with me. He mentioned like a Rex Burkhead, a guy who just catches the ball. That's what he does. He, he's a veteran. He knows where the sticks are. He can get that third and five out of the backfield, dump out. You know, that guy that just frustrates the hell out of a defense that when he catches the ball, he catches it and gets right up the field, gets that first down and keeps the sticks moving.
2: Here's how I would answer a question if I were the head coach at Eagles. Phone rings in my office. It's Howie Roseman says, listen, I, I can get David Montgomery for a six round pick. Uh, what are you well, do you? I'd do that my...
3: yesterday. By the way, if What's I gave him, I'd do that yesterday. If I could get David Montgomery for a six round pick,
2: yeah, okay. he's a good here, player. You would be my response if I were Coach Sirianni. No, we're good. I, I pass because what are you going to use him for? He's going to come. He's going to be the short yardage back. Well, guess what? If he gets stopped on third down, if he gets stopped on the goal line, you know what Eagle Nation's going to say? Why didn't you just use J- the Jalen? He well, can't if be he stopped it- on a, th- a third and one, a fourth and one. You hand it off to Montgomery. He doesn't make the – everybody's coming down on the coach. I, if I'm the coach, I go, no, I, I got what I need here in the backfield.
8: Yeah, you know, so I, I agree. I don't think power, like, you know, I'm, everybody's like, they need that short yardage back. They got to be one of the best teams in football when it comes to short oh, yardage. Oh, they are. They are. Really it hurts. That's their guy. I understand the thought process of we don't want our guy constantly, you know, um You know, I was on with Saratella yesterday and he asked about all the times that Hertz has to lower himself and how many times he gets hit on the crown of the head. You know, are you worried that he gets a concussion because of that? Sure, it has to be thrown into the mix. So do you (laughs) go third and one or fourth and one every single time with that? No. So who's the guy who takes that hand off? Okay, Boston Scott, maybe you hand it to him. Gainwell's been okay on those little short yards. But the point of, in a big spot goal line, they're going to use Hertz. That's the guy. They're not going to hand it to David Montgomery.
3: No. Well, and and the bigger point to me, and, you know, because I was emailing with sound, he brought up Rex Burkhead to me as well. Um, And here's where I take it from that angle. You guys are right. The Eagles have the best short yardage runner in football. He just happens to play quarterback. Uh, So to me, that's not a need. But also because of the quarterback, That's part of the reason they don't throw the ball to running backs. Why bother? Yeah. Why why bother dumping it off and getting five, six yards when your quarterback can take off and get 15 or 20? So I don't think that's a value either, to be honest. If you can't get Kenny Gainwell involved, you can't get Rex Burkhead involved.
8: Right. The guys he gave me, by the way, were Burkhead, Brandon Bolden, who caught 41 balls last year. Latavius Murray as a power back and then he mentioned Kareem Hunt if you want to kind of make the big splash those were the the four names he gave me
3: yeah and I I don't see I don't see the need for a running back but my theory is if you can get value and you you can you you can sort of duplicate the blunts Well, well look, what
8: the, look what the Phillies did. You hate to compare it to them, but they went and got Brandon Marshall, who hits ninth but plays center field. They went and got Syndergaard, who filled some innings <laughs> late in the year. Nothing crazy, uh, but they added some pieces. Well, what does this team need? I don't think they need starting. We always want the splash. They need a third corner in case some a veteran guy that if somebody got hurt, you know, like Rasul Douglas, when when he's gone to other teams and someone's got hurt there, or when he was here and filled in, he did a nice job. For whatever reason, when he got extended playing time here, he didn't do all that well. But you need a third corner that's probably a veteran that, you know, knows what he's doing, uh, much like when the Eagles got Corey Graham to play safety. That third guy at safety or corner in just in case something happens to one of those starters. That's the kind of move that I would imagine that this team is more inclined to make. I would throw back to you guys, is they're in a unique situation. They're 6-0. and They're thinking Super Bowl. But are people calling them because of their depth and saying, hey, what about Andre Dillard? What about this guy? This guy's not getting a lot of playing time.
3: Andre, you know, especially now that uh, uh, Jack Driscoll has proven he can play left tackle at at least a competent level, yeah, I think if somebody is calling about Andre Dillard, and I, I heard the Raiders were calling about Andre Dillard, I don't know why, because they have Colton Miller. Uh, he can't play right tackle. But if the Raiders are that dumb, hey, uh, yeah, you might have to seriously consider moving him. Um, you know, they have Jonathan Abram at safety. He, maybe that's the third safety. Um, they have our McCleland barrel. If you want that fourth edge rusher, maybe that throw that in the hopper.
8: By yeah, the way, yeah, I think yeah. Sal Pal's ears are ringing. He just texted me. Is he watching?
3: That's it possible. That's <laughs> possible.
8: <laughs> it's a possibility. I just got an email from him as we're having this conversation. Uh, but no, you're right. I think like how he can still think about building this team for the future while also adding to the current. It's a it's a unique situation that they have put themselves in where they can wear two hats at the same time.
2: All right, Mikey. You know, last thing. Yes, we look at the Eagles as getting to seven and zero. I would be shocked, more so, more than surprised, shocked if they found a way to lose to the Steelers this week. Ten and a half points is a big number. Uh, how uh, well and and different games played differently. That Lion game they didn't cover, but they they dominated Lions as far as I was concerned. Um, how does the uh, final scoreboard look at the end of the game against the Steelers on Sunday? Well, I brought it up
8: earlier. I think this is the kind of game where they finally impress everybody. Not, I mean, the fans are excited. They like this team. But there are that group of people that want to know why they're not scored in the second half. I think this is the kind of game where they come out and do that, where they just come out and it is a green title wave. A lot of it, too. Tobias Harris will bring some Sixers into the mix here. I don't know how many people are watching that. But <clears throat> after the game the other night against Indiana, what's going on across the street, They're noticing, and they want that adulation. They want to see the fans and the city get to that point. I would have to think the Eagles, they get it. They get to that point. But how cool is it if you can keep going and keep the energy of the Phillies and bring it into your building on Sunday? How do you do it? You put up a game, 38-10. I brought it up earlier. I think this is the kind of game where they finally get people to really open their eyes. Most people don't care who the opponent is. They just want to see the... Uh, aesthetics of this blowout And I think you get it this weekend 30
3: <clears throat> well, All right I'll go the other direction At Mike Gill's show 97.3 ESPN Listen to him uh, this afternoon 2 to 6 on the sports bash um, You know It's a big number uh, Constantly talk about trap games The Eagles never play the Steelers uh, They haven't lost To them at home since 1965 But they've only played nine games uh, At home so they don't see each other often. This is not a rival. 19th meeting. Yeah, this is a uh, AFC opponent that is typically not on the schedule. It's a bad AFC opponent, as Jody pointed out, double-digit favorites. Uh, they don't know anything about Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, as a West Virginia fan, probably a little bit more about Kenny Pickett than they know. Uh what are the odds Kenny Pickett comes in here and all of a sudden shows he's a first-round pick, throws for four touchdowns, and everybody is jumping off uh, a bridge on uh, Monday? He's
8: also a Jersey guy. He's from about an hour up the road here. Um, I was not a huge Pickett guy coming out of the draft, nothing to do with Pitt. Uh, I just, you know, people think, oh, my God, that Pitt team. And, you know, he was the quarterback of the Pitt team the year before. That wasn't all that good. Uh, I think he was one of them guys that just <laughs> the down ACC that year, and the pit team was very veteran team he was a veteran and i think he kind of capitalized on that i'd be pretty surprised uh, he's shown some flashes he can move i mean he does run a little bit and i think that could be something uh I- i'm surprised at how like I'm it's funny. Southpaw. One of the notes he sent me is that Kenny Pickett starts have all gone under the total this year. They're just not scoring. They got some weapons on offense. You mentioned Claypool, Johnson, Najee Harris. Why is this team not scoring? I just think the inconsistent quarterback play has been a big problem. Should he be better? Couple starts in, sure. But I thought they looked their best two weeks ago when they went back to Trubisky. In that, uh, in that late situation against, what, Tampa? They won that game. Yeah. Trubisky came in and won that game. Pickett didn't play well in that game. So I'd be surprised uh, in this environment to see him move them up and down the field.
2: Emgill, good stuff. Always a pleasure, buddy. We will talk to you next Wednesday again as well. Who's West Virginia to lose to this weekend? Oh, TCU, baby. Upset
3: City. Horn uh, Frogs, okay. number seven in the country. DCU oh. has been
8: in
2: like five conferences in the last 10 years. They were in the big East for five minutes. Do you remember that? The Steelers have a better chance to beat the Eagles than your West Virginia yeah. Mountaineers have of beating TCU. Sorry to tell you, bud. Uh, Gil, always a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. All right, guys. Thanks, Mike. are here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, running out of time. It's that time to put a bow on the show.
8: Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom
1: Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter
8: watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
5: Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. Gojeffauto.com.
2: 365 johnny mac it's been over a week since your car had to go across the bridge and go to uh the Novacare complex you sure you know how to get there for uh eagles
3: uh <laughs> autopilot man sometimes i'm going to that place and it just takes me there i don't even know how i got you,
2: there you don't remember making turns been there done that um all right so you can get sirianni today right anybody else that you know you'll be able to talk to?
3: uh open locker room so you know uh do you have any requests
2: <laughs> um yeah the special teams coach if he's going to be able to whisper out. No. well we're not going to have the special in how here
3: i'm at player wise i'm at player wise uh open locker room so i can go up to any player uh if they're in the locker.
2: Room. all right well I'll, I'll figure something out between now and what time you going in
3: um nick seriani goes to twelve fifteen, so um got to be there by then
2: okay and then uh is that before or after practice
3: that is before practice is not till 2 40 uh 2
2: so open locker room is before or after practice before Okay. In between. All right. Then I'll text you. I will figure something out. Uh, a foolish question to ask. I don't need you. You don't need my help, buddy. You 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 kind of know what you're doing. You'll do just fine. <laughs> All right. And that's why I say uh, John McMullen should rejoin me tomorrow. You back in tomorrow. mind. Oh, we got Zingaro. We're working on the other one. <laughs> Um, you'll be here uh, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning? I will o'clock. be
3: here 8 o'clock, hopefully. Uh, 8 o'clock, 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 I'll, hope I'll be a little late. So hopefully yeah. I make it before. Yeah. I was uh, a tiny, I was five yeah. seconds late today. Yeah,
2: you're dragging. Uh, but yeah. uh, we got the show pretty much on time. And we hope you enjoyed the two hours we spent with you here on Birds 365. We will do the same again tomorrow in two and two.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs>